Love that woman right there. Um, man, if y'all don't know her, get to know her. She is absolutely incredible. I'm glad to be here with you this weekend. I'm glad to be here this morning. Glad to be here with you. Uh, we are just had a huge weekend, Freedom Weekend. Any ladies went there? I hope that was awesome for you. I hope it was incredible. If you didn't know, we um, do a discipleship track. It's six months. It's uh, going through the Purple Book, which we have our Purple Book Challenge, and then we take everybody through the Born to Be Free book, and at the end of that, there's a Freedom Weekend that happens uh, several times throughout the year, and this is designed in order to bring about the realization of the freedom of Christ that is in you and for you. And so that's what we want for your life. And we know that it's just part of the journey, that it's, it doesn't encapsulate everything, right? It's not, it's not everything. It's just part of the journey. It's part of the walk. And, and once you start, doesn't mean that's when it began. It could have began a long time ago, right? And when you finish, that doesn't mean that's where it ends. It, it's still a journey. It's, you're still in the process. If you have your Bibles this morning, we'll be in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And in the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Jesus, we love you this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true, that it does not return void. God, we thank you that your word is timeless. Father God, we thank you for who you are, Jesus. We pray that you would just illuminate scripture to us and that you, Holy Spirit, would become ever more present amongst us. God, mentally, would we realize that and emotionally, would we feel it and spiritually, would we start to grow in it? We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you ever had those solar panel guys come up to your door trying to sell you solar panels? Like, am I the only one? Every college student's looking at me like, no, man, dude, I live in a dorm, you know? Well, the neighborhood that we lived in, we lived in a unique neighborhood. We wanted to go to a neighborhood that, that had no gate on it. We wanted to be in an ungated neighborhood right by the college campus so that college students could drop by our house anytime that they wanted. We, we live in a neighborhood that is totally open. But the, the, the downside of living in a totally open neighborhood is you have these solicitors come to your door at least every day. Every day they come to our door, and, and I used to be mad about it. <clears throat> At first I started to be, well, let me just back up. I used to love Jesus and want to, like, convert them, right? Like, you got to love Jesus. Yeah, you try to sell me, but I'm going to sell you on the gospel, right? That's what, that's what I began to say. And then, and then they started coming around so often, I started getting a little angry. Like, don't answer the door. Don't answer the door. Turn off the lights. Don't let them know we're home. And without fail, Benson or my wife would open the door, and I'm like, oh, great, here it goes. And they try to sell these solar panels to you and do all that. And, and solar panels are amazing, right? Like they, they talk about, you know, saving you money on your electric bill and renewable energy. And, and, and the truth is, like, renewable energy is a good thing, isn't it? It's a good thing in life, right? Like, we know that non-renewable energy, the, the city that I come from, Midland, Texas, I mean, the, the, the oil is going to dry up after some time, right? We don't know if it's in the next couple decades or if it's the next couple hundred years, but we need a renewable source of energy, don't we? And that's what I want to talk about this morning briefly. I want to talk about the renewable source of energy called the Holy Spirit. 
that we need uh, the Holy Spirit to come fill us up, start moving in our lives in greater ways, and, and knowing that, that he doesn't run out. How many of you are so thankful God doesn't run out? How many of you are so thankful because I run out a lot, right? Like Ben in his own strength, my voice is going to run out on first service before we get to second service, right? It's going to run out. But I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit doesn't run out. He's constantly pouring in. He's constantly filling up. And it's what I want to talk about um, with you this morning is that the Holy Spirit is somebody that we need absolutely in our lives. Somebody that we need in our lives. It's, it's chapter 4 of the Purple Book, if you're going along and doing the Purple Book Challenge with us. Chapter 4, the Holy Spirit, how, how important he is for our life. And that's what I'm going to touch on. I want to talk about who is the Holy Spirit. Who is, who is he? Uh, best man, uh, what are you talking about? I want to talk about what he does. And lastly, I want to talk about how you can experience him. That's my big prayer for you this morning, is that who is the Holy Spirit? First off, we know that the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. So we, we believe in the Trinity. Now, we know that Trinity isn't found in the Bible, right? You can't find that word. It was a word given to a description of God that, that God already gave a description of himself in. And so God refers to himself as the Father, as the Son, Jesus, and as the Holy Spirit. He's the third part of the Trinity. He's the third part of Godhead, of the Godhead. And so that's, that's who he is. And in John 14, Jesus starts talking to his disciples, and as he does, he says this. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. To be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and I will be in you. Everybody say helper. Helper. That's who the Holy Spirit is. He's, he's a helper. If, if you were to stay in tune this morning, just know that the Holy Spirit has come to help you. That is, that is so good. That is so great. In the Amplified Version, it gives a couple other descriptors. It says he's the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the standbyer. He, he's the counselor. How many of you are going to be faced with a big decision in the next 12 months? Right? In the next 12 months. How many of you know that you need a good counselor? That you need to be able to go to somebody who knows all things and is already in your tomorrow? I'm going to tell you this, that no one else is in your tomorrow except for the Holy Spirit. God is in your tomorrow, and he's already prepared a way for you. That is good news. That is great news. And, and so it's good to tap into the Holy Spirit and begin in your decision-making realizing, man, I need the Holy Spirit. If, if I know he's already been there, he's already gone before you, as the scripture says, if I know that, then I probably should find out what's over there. I probably should find out what's around the corner. That's great news. He's also a companion. A companion is great because you'll never be alone. You'll never be alone. This is great. That's why all you who are single looking for a spouse to be your companionship and looking to complete you, it, you don't have to have that. You don't have to have a, a spouse to complete you. You don't have to have that because the counselor is your great companion. He, he's a great companion, and you should be able to rest in that. Be able to rest in the fact that, that he is. He's an advocate. How many of you know you need an advocate? We need somebody fighting for us. In this culture, you need somebody fighting for you because you fighting on your own is, is probably not going to work out too well. How many of you know that? And, and as we look at the media and social, social platform and everything else that has happened culturally, I need an advocate. I need somebody who's bigger than me. I need somebody who can do a lot more than me. I need somebody who knows the outcome. I need somebody who, who's been there before. So, so that's what he does. He's, he's an intercessor. 
The Holy Spirit is an intercessor, that he, he's constantly interceding on your behalf. How many of you know that's good news? That he always has you on his mind. I don't even think about myself that much. And to be quite honest, I think about myself quite a bit. I mean, every time I pass a mirror out in the, out, anywhere, anywhere, man, I'm doing like a double take. Sometimes I just walk into things, you know? Like, my wife gets on to me so much for that. It's crazy. I, it's just true, you know? I don't know. Maybe my hair's in the wrong place. Maybe there's something wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm limping that day. I just need to straighten up. So, But he's always thinking about you. As much as you think about yourself, just know the Holy Spirit's thinking about you more. And so that's helpful. He's a strengthener. When I'm weak, he is strong. When I am weak, he is strong. That's, what, that's the one who moves you from strength to strength. You don't move yourself from strength to strength. Oh, man, Ben has to move himself from strength to strength. Oh, I got to get it up today. Oh, man, dude, I got I to gotta hit the gym. I got to spend quiet time, and then I got to love my wife well, and I got to love my kids well, and then I can't do anything wrong, and I can't mess up on that report at work, and, and I have to make straight A's, and I have to do all this stuff. And, and that's great. That's great. But you're going to fail at that sometimes. How many know you're going to fail at that? You're going to fail at it a lot. I need somebody who can move me from strength to strength. I need the Holy Spirit who can help me in that process. He's a, lastly, the Amplified says he's a standby her, that he stands by you. How many of you just want that person who has your back no matter what? You know, always has your back. He's always going to stand by you in whatever storm it may be. And in an unshakable world where there's unshakable, where there's shakable storms in a shakable world, I should say, in this shakable environment, we need somebody who's going to stand by us. We need somebody who's going to do that. And God has fulfilled his promise. When Jesus said the helper is going to come, the advocate's going to come, the strengthener is going to come, the counselor is going to come, he was serious about this. It wasn't an aloof statement. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, one day we're going to go to Disney World, and you never go. It's not like that. He makes good on his promises. How many of you know you would need a father who makes good on his promises? We need somebody who does that. And in Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And it began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He made good on his promise. In Acts chapter 2, he tells them, go wait in the upper room. You wait for the Holy Spirit. Before you go out on your own, own strength, you need to wait for the Holy Spirit. How many of us try to wake up each day going out on our own strength, not waiting for the Holy Spirit? I mean, we all do that. Like, oh, man, I got today. I'm going to get today. It's going to be all right. I'm going to make my way. And, and you go out, but you didn't, you didn't consult the Holy Spirit. You didn't wait for the Holy Spirit. But they waited for the Holy Spirit. They waited 50 days. And it was the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit, he came in. Like, and he came in rushing, like a rushing wind. And he distributed tongues and prophecy and boldness. He, he gave them what they needed. So, so what does he do? What does this, what do you, Holy Spirit, do? What does he do? One, one of the primary things that the Holy Spirit does is glorify Jesus. He glorifies his son. He glorifies Jesus. John 16, 14 says, the spirit will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. He's going to declare it to you. He's going to glorify Jesus. How many know that's good that he's he's not glorifying us? He's not glorifying the world. He's glorifying Jesus, and he does this in five primary ways. The first one is regeneration. Regeneration in John 3, 
5 through 8. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. It's a process where the spirit is actually the one who regenerates you. He's the one who makes you a new creation. And we talked about a couple weeks ago that sometimes that's instantaneously and sometimes it's over time, right? Sometimes you can't identify it. Have you noticed that? Like, man, I came to know Jesus when I was five years old. I don't remember if it was four, five, or 11. I don't, I really don't know. But, but it's a process of regeneration. It's a process where he's drawing you to himself. That's what he does. He, he brings a new a new creation, a new life in you. He also transforms us to be more like Jesus. He wants you to look like Jesus. It's a process of sanctification, right? Where, where he wants you to become more and more and more like Jesus. It's why we say that you should see Jesus clearly because as you see Jesus clearly, the Holy Spirit will help you become more like him in all that you do say. He wants that. 2 Corinthians 3.18 and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the spirit, that he's constantly making you look like him. Galatians would talk about you would start looking like fruit. You would start looking uh, like fruit, the fruit of the spirit, right? You, your life would become more loving more gentle you would be more kind you, you would um, let's just read them galatians five twenty two. that the fruit of spirit is joy you'd be joyful uh, peaceful love patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such things there is no law that's what the holy spirit's doing in you he's producing fruit he's producing fruit and your level of fruitfulness is probably your level of time with god Right. Because it comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from you being filled up. It comes from the overflow that that which is poured into you. And, and you know this It's why my wife. Every time I get mad or something and, and you know, I'm get pretty, I'm pretty, you know, dogmatic. Unfortunately, I, <clears throat> I'm just like that. And she's like, you need to go pray. <laughs> she just quits arguing. You need to go pray. And boy, does that make me mad? I'm like, you can't. Do that. You can't bring the Jesus card like that. Like, let's have a, let's talk and fight and win an argument. But she knows that everything coming out of me is unfruitful. That that conversation is unfruitful. And when a conversation becomes unfruitful, it means that you probably don't have the fruit of the Spirit in you as you should. It affirms us. The Holy Spirit, he affirms us. It's an identity. Galatians 4, 6, and because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. It, it's that sonship in us, that daughtership. It, it's that ownership that we are his. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He affirms you. And that's what he wants. If you're walking around confused, if you're walking around, do I really belong to God? If you're walking around wondering, then, then just ask the Holy Spirit to give you a revelation of his love for you. Of God's love for you because he's constantly crying, Abba, Father. And you'll notice that is as when you start praying and you start lining yourself up with him and you start getting more in tune with the Holy Spirit, you'll find in your spirit, you'll just be, begin to cry, Abba, Father. You'll be crying it out, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, because the spirit in you is crying it out. 
and it wants to come out of you and it wants to come in you and it wants to change your mindset. He wants you to know that you are his. It empowers us. Fourthly, it empowers us to share the gospel that we would be witnesses. I, I've told this story, um, but it was a while ago. I remember going to Scotland in 2007. 2007, I took a rowdy bunch of teenagers to Scotland. They were wearing cowboy hats and, and bringing their skateboards, and they, were, they cared more about the experience than they did about what God wanted to do through them. And, and that's okay, right? Like, God's so patient. But, but there came this point. It was like day four of the trip. We were supposed to play ultimate Frisbee on the park, and we were playing ultimate Frisbee, and we were supposed to love people like Jesus would love them. And eventually, we would all go to a chapel, and there would be a God talk, and and they would talk about who God is and then give an opportunity for people to respond to the gospel. Well, our kids were not bringing many people with them. Uh, when I looked around, I, I noticed that, yo, nobody's with them. They're just talking to each other, man. It's like a, it's like a Christian huddle right there. Y'all ever seen a Christian huddle? Kind of looks like this. I'm just kidding. Um, like a Christian huddle, right? They're, they're in a Christian huddle and they're just hanging out and they're not being a witness. They're not telling anybody about it. And we, man, we go down and I remember we're in this chapel, this old I mean, I don't know what kind of chapel it was, but it was an old cathedral, and we we're in the basement, and they're in the basement, the fluorescent lights were on, and we talked about a high and low of the day. And so we'd go around and talk about our highs and lows. Some of you do that in your connect groups. What's the high and low of this week? And so, so we talked about the high and low, and man, I just go, man, I got to share my low. I got to share my low right away. Dude, I'm frustrated, y'all. We, we just spent 60 grand to bring our team over here to Scotland to tell people about Jesus. There's people at home who have sponsored you, who are praying for you, believing that God's going to move through you. There's so many. There were hundreds of kids playing Ultimate Frisbee with us, but so many of them walked home because you didn't grab them and build a relationship with them. I'm frustrated. And then the, then the Lord just rebuked me. He said, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They've been relying on their own strength every day. It was that moment I, I just was like, guys, I got to tell you, the, the Holy Spirit came to empower us. This is what Jesus said. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That you are going to receive power to be what? My witness. You're not going to receive power to stay in your power trip. You're not going to receive power for that. You're going to be power to be my witness. You are the light of the world, the city on the hill. That, that you are the, the light. And so right there I go, we got to pray for the Holy Spirit. So, so I had a worship, one of our worship girls start singing, and it was, um, your name is like honey on my lips. You remember that song? Come on, Julia, come sing. No, no? Shine up over here, man, shine up. <clears throat> All right, I'll send it to you for second service. <laughs> I need to that water break. It's so good, and, and in that moment, I go, let's pray for the Holy Spirit, and we just pray. And just like in Acts, that the Holy Spirit was distributed, which we're going to talk about in several different ways. Sometimes it was just asking God. Sometimes it was laying on our hands. Sometimes it was um, multiple, multiple ways. Um, maybe when somebody was speaking that the Holy Spirit would fall upon them. And I remember, man, our kids just got filled with the Holy Spirit in that room. And, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. And, and, man, there was just this love of God that was being shared. And out of that, man, we realized and sensed and knew that God was real. We were affirmed as sons and daughters. We received power, and the next day, I'm telling you, all of them were witnessing. All of them were telling other people about Jesus. They, they were ready to go forth. They were ready to do all that. Thanks, Jess. <clears throat> they were ready for all that, and that's what, that's what Jesus does. He, he sent the Holy Spirit to empower you, to empower you. 
Also, lastly, gifts, each one of us for ministry. The Holy Spirit has come to give you gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. Verse 11. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. That he has come to give you gifts in the body to strengthen one another, to be a witness, to be able, why would you prophesy so that you can tell somebody how much God loves them? That's all it is. That's what prophecy is. Tell somebody how much God loves them. Tell them how much their worth is in the kingdom of God. And it's so good. And how many of you know we need that? Am I the only one who needs that? I'll never forget, man, you know, you know when your son or daughter needs affirmation, right? When they start looking defeated. When they start looking defeated, you know that you need to go to your son and daughter and you need to start encouraging them. You know with your friendships, like when they need a word from God is when they start walking around defeated and like, God, I don't know what to say to them, but you do. And I need to say something right now from you. And so that's what the Holy Spirit does. And he gives you these gifts to be distributed and and gifts look all different, different ways. And we're not going to get in on all those. Chapter four of the purple book. Get in it. Discover. Psalm 80. Verse 17, it says this, but let your hand be on the man of your right hand, the son of man who you have made strong for yourself. It gives you this strength. The Holy Spirit gives you this strength that you would be strong to glorify him. So how do I experience the Holy Spirit? How do I experience him in my life? Well, we know that the Holy Spirit is drawing you in first off. He's drawing you into the kingdom. Never forget my friend Chris. My friend Chris was at a very dark road in his life. He was he was having an affair on his wife, and he was he was in the act of adultery. And it was in that moment that that for whatever reason he showed up at our church parking lot. And in that church parking lot, he stood there and he just started crying out to God. And when he looked up, he didn't really realize where he was, although he did. And when he realized where he was, he's like, I gotta go in there. That's where he started going in there. He, and as he went in there, uh, the Lord just spoke to him, gave him an exact word that he needed that day for that day. And that's what the Holy Spirit did, start drawing him in. He ended up giving his life to Jesus, repenting to his wife and bringing his whole family and his kids to church. His life's never been the same, and now he's a pastor in Tennessee. And God moved him from this adulterer life, and the Holy Spirit drew him in as he draws you in. And maybe you find yourself here today. Because the Holy Spirit has drawn you into this place. Because he wants to do something in your life. He wants to change your life. He wants to give you a better life. He wants to give you, really, he wants to give you your sonship. Ephesians 5, 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. That, that not only would he draw you in, not only would you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but that you would continually, continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what I like about that word filled there in the Greek. is It's talking about this continual filling. That he wants to fill you up and fill you up and fill you up and fill you up. And he says, don't be drunk on wine. And how many of you know, like, man, we just want to drown our sorrows. We want to drown our sorrows. We want to drown our problems. We want to drown all those things. But he's saying, I don't want you to drown that. I want to drive you to the feet of Jesus by being filled up with the Holy Spirit. I want to drive you to Jesus. That's what he wants to do over and over again in your life. And in Luke chapter 11, so we get ready to close this morning, says this. If your sons ask you for a fish, 
Is there a father among you who will give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? Face it, you are evil, and yet you know how to give good presents to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more? Uh, we love you too, right? You love the band you too? This is what Bono says. You know? I often wonder if religion is the enemy of God. It's almost like religion is what happens when the spirit has left the building. Can, can we be a people who constantly ask that the Holy Spirit would fill us up? Will we be a church that constantly has a continual filling of the Holy Spirit to empower us for the life that he wants us to live? If you would stand with me this morning, I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit would fill you up. That the Holy Spirit would fill you up, that he would fill you up and that you would have a mental acknowledgement. That you would have an emotional acknowledgement and that your spirit would cry out, Abba, Father. It would cry out, Abba, Father. October 15th, we're going to do an Engage the Spirit night and we're actually going to lay on hands to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you've never done that. I just want to ask God to fill you up. Would you close your eyes and just, however you receive a gift. Some people receive a gift by lifting their hands up. Some people receive a gift from God by just acknowledgement of their mind. However it is, ask that you would do that. Holy Spirit, thank you. Holy Spirit, will we not be a church that neglects you? Holy Spirit, will we not neglect who you are? Holy Spirit, you love your sons and daughters here today. Holy Spirit, you love them so much. Holy Spirit, you have spoken their name. You have called them out. There's not one name you don't know here. Holy Spirit, there's not one hair on someone's head that you don't not know. Holy Spirit, you know everything. Holy Spirit, fill your church up. Holy Spirit, let us be filled up with you. Holy Spirit, I pray for just more of you. I pray for more of you. Holy Spirit, just do a work in us. Holy Spirit, if there's anything blocking us from the presence of God, would we acknowledge that? Would we repent and turn away from it? And Holy Spirit, fill up your church. Fill up your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I love you. I want you to get in a purple book. I want you to do life with each other. I want you to get in a connect group. I want all that stuff for you.